0: You are listening to the sermon podcast of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, a Christ centered church in Germantown, Maryland. To learn more about Nielsville, visit us online at Nielsville.org. We have the great privilege this morning to welcome Howard and Joanne Brent, who have been missionaries for many, many years, mostly in Africa. Uh, Val and I uh, were blessed last night at the Farrells with also Angela and Bob just to get to know them a little bit better. And I know Brian is giving me this huge um, bio, but what I appreciated both from Joanne and from Howard is their, their love for Jesus and their love for people, and their love for people who haven't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, they sacrifice much. They are both doctors and very learned, Uh, Yet, in all of that learning, you get a sense of Christ's humility working in and through them. And so, as we were blessed, Val and I were blessed last night just to be in their presence, to hear their stories. Howard's a master storyteller, uh, and hopefully he'll share some of these stories this morning. Um, But um, I I want us to please welcome this couple who have served over 40 years, mostly in Africa, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And they have been, there are through their 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 ministry thousands upon thousands upon thousands have become followers of jesus how he uses people like us to bring people to christ and they're just a testimony of that grace so uh, let us warmly welcome howard and joanne Thank you. father we do pray for howard he as he gives the word to us this morning we pray lord that he would speak um holy spirit through your words that you would uh, that we would be attentive, that you would change us in the midst as the word is being preached. Give him grace, give him strength, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it's wonderful to be with you this morning. I sat here this morning and I thought of congregations around the world that we have been to and spoken at. Up in the mountains of Nepal and Ethiopia and Mongolia, India, China, different parts of the world, Bhutan. It's wonderful to be among the people of God, and I don't know about you, but when I get around Christians like you, it's infectious, and I love being with you on this the the Lord's Day and this Christmas season. What a what a wonderful time of year! And I must tell you that I do feel the warmth and the love of Christ among you, as we come here today. It's a great joy to me. I love to see your kids. I love to see them singing and participating, and everybody here. It's just a a wonderful, wonderful time, isn't it? As we think about the christmas season and thoughts go all over the world i was just thinking this morning as i sat here that you know we're we're later in the day but actually worship began this morning long ago many hours ago in islands like tonga and fiji and uh, you know as the sun came across the earth you know people like australia and new zealand uh, and then people in china began to worship the lord early while we were still sleeping and as the sun kept coming across, you know, people in India worship the Lord, and then people up in Europe, and then all across Africa, the congregations of people that we've worshipped with and loved and known, all up through Europe, England, all across. And then finally, as the sun comes across here to our part of the world, we here in North America, South America, and then goes right across. Isn't it, isn't it amazing to think of the family of God? You know, it really is amazing. And then as these kids were singing here, about every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. That's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I think about that. I think about that throng of people from every tribe and nation, people and tongue, that will stand before the throne and Christ at the front. And we all worship him. will not that not be a, an amazing day? I, I, I long for that day. I really do. What a wonderful day that will be. And it all starts... Way back 2,000 years ago, when an angel came and talked to Mary. And uh, I'd like to read to you this morning, perhaps a little extended reading, but I think we need this to get into the topic that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Mary. I want to talk about her as a person that God chose and why God chose her. Uh, You'll read here in the reading as we come about that when the angel greeted her, he greeted her, he said, Hail, favored one. Why is she favored? Why was she chosen? What was special about this lady? And I'd like to talk about that today. So I don't know if you have a pew Bible or your own Bible. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read a lengthy passage. Forgive me if it's a little bit long, but I think we need it to get into our lesson today. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start at verse 26, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version ESV. In the sixth month, that's the sixth month after Elizabeth, I'm sure that's what it's referring to, the angel Gabriel, and remember Gabriel's the angel that always God sends people to, God sent Gabriel to Daniel, God sent people, he's the, he's the angel that God said he's a messenger. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, notice that, betrothed to a man named Jodas, notice that, of the house of David, notice that, very important. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came and said to her, Greetings, O favored one. Notice that favored one. We'll talk about that in a little while. The Lord is with you. She was troubled by this saying. I mean, who greets me like that, you know? She was troubled by this. And to try to discern what sort of greeting that might be, the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. <laughs> I bet you'd be scared, too, if an angel came to you and said, Hail, favored one. You know, you'd be scared, too. Wouldn't you? Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. You found grace, actually, the word. says, And he shall be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? How can that happen? I'm a virgin. That's not supposed to happen. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the child born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Listen to this. For nothing, nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, I am the Lord's handmaiden. Remember that. I am the Lord's handmaiden. Let it to be to me according to your word. And then you know the story. She went to Elizabeth. And when she was with Elizabeth, uh, the two women met. And the Holy Spirit came on Mary. And we have something in our Bible called Mary's Song. And it's beautiful. And I'd like you to listen to it because, you know, much is said in our world about Mary being the Blessed Virgin And it's true. She is the blessed virgin. You know blessed means happy, don't you? It means blessed. It means exalted. It means, you know. But we hear a lot about that. But I want you to hear who Mary's worshiping. (laughs) People talk about Mary. Listen to what she's saying. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, the pastor said. And notice this now. It's going to say he has seven times. at this. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. He is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Listen to this. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to Abraham forever. He, 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 he. Where's Mary pointing? He, not me. He, he. He, he, she's exalting the Lord. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Now, I'd like to talk to you this morning about Mary. I'm, I'm, I can tell African stories, but I want to preach to you this morning. I I don't get to preach too often, so let me talk to you about Mary this morning. Amazing thing. I want to give you eight reasons why I believe God chose this woman. And you will see in just a minute that she really was chosen out of all the people that were in Israel, all over the world at that time, she is the only one that qualified to be the one that God would choose to be the mother of our Lord. The only one. One woman. And God chose her. And I'd like to get into that this morning. First of all, you'll have, I think you have notes here. You can fill them in if you want to. She had a humble heart. Now, this woman really was a humble lady. I mean, you know, God exalts the... He, he, God exalts the humble. He, he, he turns his back on the proud. And and the scripture himself says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And she was from a humble background. I mean, there's just a number of things about her when you look at her uh, and how she came. I mean, just think of the fact that when Jesus was born, you know, they went to the temple to to, to have, have Jesus circumcised and dedicated. And, and, and people who are wealthy or had any money, they, they bought a sheep or a lamb to sacrifice. They didn't have that kind of money. All they had was enough money to buy two little turtle doves. And, and, and she just comes from this simple, humble background. I think Mary and Joseph probably didn't have very much money. I think that's why God sent three wise men and one of them had gold, you know? Had, <laughs> they needed something. They were gonna go down to Egypt, they were gonna spend all their lives, and they didn't have a lot of money. They came from a humble background. There wasn't much among them. She came from a, a humble Jewish home. And then as she exalts the Lord, my soul magnifies the Lord, my Savior. He has done all these wonderful things. What does she say? He, has, he says, my soul magnifies the Lord. He has bow, uh, uh, she is bowing her heart down and worshiping my Savior. And she says, he has regarded the humble estate of his handmaiden. My humble estate. Look at me. I'm just a an average if you looked at me, there's other girls around. They probably just as pretty as I am. I, you know, I, I'm I'm one of the girls. I go and draw water like everybody else. And you know, I, I sit there at the grinding wheel and I grind my grain and and you, you, you won't see anything special about my clothes. I don't have a halo around my head, you know. I, I'm just a, a normal, humble woman, and yet God has chosen me. And I want to say to you this morning that God chooses the humble people. He really does. The proud he avoids. But the people who are humble of heart. I, 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 you'll, you'll see here in a minute, and, and I'm sure you know this, that, that Mary was a daughter of David. And God said about David, I found a man after my own heart. Here's a man who will do all my will. He's not a proud, arrogant person. He's a humble person. He just lives simply before me. And God chooses the kind of person that gives praise to him, doesn't take praise to themselves. And God chooses that kind of person. And that's one of the reasons why I believe God chose Mary, because she was humble of heart. I also think Mary knew a lot about Scripture. Now, this is kind of strange, because I'm told, and I don't know this a lot, but I'm told, that usually Jewish boys, they had to learn the Torah. (laughs) They had to go to school. They studied all this stuff, but not the girls, And the girls didn't in those days. You know, it was a place of girls to be in the home, help their moms, do the work, and so on. And so probably Mary did not have a chance to go to school and study the Torah. But when you look at the Magnificat, when you look at what she said in that that wonderful passage there, which is before Elizabeth, it's filled with Scripture, all kinds of it. If you go back and look through that, let me just uh, just point out a few things to you in that. When she said, my soul exalts the Lord. Now, you'll find that phrase in Psalms. You'll find it in Isaiah, that same little phrase. She, she's using biblical language. When she said, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You'll find that same in, in Psalms, in Isaiah, in Hosea, in other parts of the Old Testament, you'll find that. When she says his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him, she's actually quoting from Psalm 103 in verse 17. She's quoting scripture as she says this. When she says he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away, she's she's talking, she's speaking, she's, she's quoting almost word for word, the words of Hannah. Remember Hannah who had Samuel? She's quoting those same words. So here here was a gal who had had filled herself with scripture. I don't know how. Maybe her father and mother as they read the scripture or as they talked about it at the home, but she had this savvy for for God things. They, They entered into her mind. She was a little bit like Timothy. Remember what Paul said about Timothy? He said that from an embryo, from a child, you have learned the scriptures which are able to make you wise into salvation. And she had filled herself with the word of God. Amazing. Amazing thing, as you find her, is what she has done. And so there she was. And then she closes with, she said, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And she not only quoted scripture, she understood the plan of God for the ages. She understood that God had promised Abraham, and you all the nations of the earth will be blessed and that Isaac was blessed, and Jacob was blessed, and Judah was blessed, and on down through David was blessed, and through all these generations, generation after generation, God had chosen somebody, and God was blessing the nations of the world, and she realized that now here I'm the one that's blessed in this long line of people. That blessing has come to me. She'd filled herself with Scripture. So they have the first two. She was a woman who was humble. She'd filled herself with Scripture. But now we get into the more technical part of this, and I, I, I hope you don't go to sleep this morning because this is interesting stuff to me, okay? Stay awake because this gets really interesting. She was a virgin. Now you say, oh, yeah, well, we've heard about the Virgin Mary. Yeah, we know about that. But this was not a light thing. See, there were reasons why God had to pick somebody who was a virgin, who was engaged to somebody who was of the house of of, of, of David, very important and that's exactly what he told her he said, you know, he, it says there in, in the first part of that passage we read this morning, he came to a virgin that was engaged to Joseph who was of the lineage of David so very important so she was a virgin, why? Well first of all it was prophesied it was prophesied and if you go back, way back in the Bible, right back to Genesis when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, Satan was there God spoke to Satan and he said the one, the seed of the woman, the seed that comes from a woman, not a man, but the seed that comes from a woman is going to crush your head. And that was prophesied way back in Genesis. That was what the hundreds of years, thousands of years before this ever happened. And then, of course, you know the famous, the famous prophecy in Isaiah, where in Isaiah chapter 7 it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and call his name Emmanuel. And, of course, with human beings, that's impossibility. You cannot have. Somebody have. It has to be. They taught you in school, you know, you have to have the sperm of the man, you have to have the egg of the woman, and you have to have these two things together to make a human being. And she was a virgin. It was not going to be. And then finally, in this whole matter, uh, the, the Lord spoke to Joseph and said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. You see, Jesus was going to be called, not the son of Joseph. He was going to be called the son of God, the son of God. And that's very, very important. Had Joseph been his earthly father, he could have easily been called the son of Joseph. But he wasn't. In fact, when you look at the lineages, there are two lineages given to us. There's one in Matthew chapter 1. There's another one in Luke chapter 3. If you look at the Luke version, there are 77 ancestors of Jesus listed one after another. And it says so-and-so was the son of, was the son of, was the son of, was the son of, was was a 77 times it says that, son, son of. But when you come to Jesus, he's not called the son of any human being. He's called the son of God. Very, very important. And, and I know you know the story, don't you? When Jesus went to the temple and his mother and father, Joseph, it's supposed to be a father, came back. And she comes back and she says to Jesus, your father and I were looking for you. He says, no, no, no. He said, that's not my father. That's not really my father. He said, my father's really God. And he knew that very, very well. It was very important. And more than that, <laughs> And this gets just a little bit technical, but I do want you to understand this. See, Adam and Eve sinned, right? And the curse, the Adamic curse came upon Adam. And all the children of Adam inherit Adam's sin. That's a strange thing for us to hear. We do sin ourselves, that's right, but we also have inherited the sin of Adam. And we know that because we all die. Every human being dies. Death came upon all men. Why? Because sin came upon the whole human race. Now, if Jesus had been the son of Joseph, he would have inherited the curse of Adam. But he did not inherit the curse of Adam. Jesus did not have original sin as we say it today. He could have committed other sin because it says he was tempted at all points like as we are. I know that's a theological question. That could have happened, but he did not inherit sin. And the reason that had to be is because he was going to be the spotless lamb of God. So there could be no original original sin upon Jesus. That's why he had to be born to a virgin. It's the only way that that could possibly be. And so we have this tremendous doctrine and tremendous truth in the word of God. And here's this one woman who was a virgin and Jesus was born to her. So that's the third thing. He had a humble heart, had a good knowledge of scripture, and she was a virgin now we get even a little bit more technical in this question you see Mary had a special lineage that is her ancestry was right now I know when you read all the begats in the Bible (laughs) in the Old Testament or they you go to sleep but let me tell you these begats so-and-so begat so-and-so so-and-so is the son of so-and-so and all that those things are very important. I found that out when I went to Ethiopia and I worked among a group of people called the Guragi. The Guragi could not marry any relative. And a Guragi man could sit down, I had one guy sit down and tell me 22 ancestors. <laughs> so-and-so was the father, so-and-so was the father, and he goes, 22 generations. And when we show these people the kind of scripture and show the generations of Jesus, 77 ancestors, Wow, he must have been a really important man. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean much to us, but those, those lists of Jesus' ancestors, both on his mother and his father's side, are very, very important. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's a listing of Jesus' ancestors in Matthew, and then there's another listing of Jesus' ancestors in Luke, Matthew 1, Luke 3. And if you've studied those carefully, you'll find out that they're quite different, and that's probably a little bit confusing to people. If you go through that, you'll find out that, G- that Matthew traces the ancestry of Jesus from Abraham down to Jesus, through David and down to Jesus. Luke traces the ancestry, starting with Jesus, down to, down to Adam. And they're different. But here's the amazing thing. Both of those systems meet together at David. They meet at David, and then they separate. And then they come down here, and then they come down again, and they meet at Jesus again. And you say, what's going on in those two lists of ancestors? Well, I think if you think about it carefully, you'll find out that one is the list of Joseph's ancestors, and the other is the list of Mary's ancestors. And the amazing thing is that they both come back to David. Now, again, it's a little technical, but think about this. If Jesus was to be of the line and lineage of David, right, Then, if it had just been through Joseph, he wasn't born of Joseph. So, Jesus had to be born of the lineage of David through Mary as well as Joseph. So, here Mary is one of those few people that is engaged to a guy who's of the lineage of David, and she is also of the lineage of David herself. So, her real mother is going to be of the lineage of David. And the one who raised Jesus is going to be of the lineage of David. And that's important, too. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But this is very, very interesting about Mary's lineage coming all the way back through to David. Not only that, (laughs) there's something else very interesting in this story. When you read back in the story of Elizabeth... You find out that Elizabeth, who remember Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're the ones, Zechariah was the priest and Elizabeth was his wife. It says she was the house of Aaron. You know who Aaron was? Aaron was a priest. And it says she was one of the daughters of Aaron. So here Elizabeth is a Levite. And she comes from the priestly line. It goes even further in, in Luke chapter, I believe it's chapter, what, three, verse seven. It says, from the line of Abi in some translations, or Abijah. And this gets really interesting because you look back in Chronicles and you find out that in the days of David, he had 24 orders of priests, and one of them was Abijah. <laughs> and Elizabeth comes from that track. She comes from that line of priestly line and Elizabeth. Now, when the angel talked to Mary, he said, "And our, our King James get this a little bit confusing. He says your cousin Elizabeth. That's wrong. That doesn't, it doesn't say cousin. It says your kinswoman, your relative, your blood relative, is Elizabeth." So Mary is related to Elizabeth, who is a daughter of Aaron, who is a Levite, priestly line. She's also a daughter of David, <laughs> kingly line. Wow priestly line, kingly line. She's going to be the mother of our Lord. And when Jesus came, what is he called? He's called the Messiah. What does Messiah mean? What, it's the same word, Christ, Messiah. One's Hebrew, one's Greek. So what does, what does that mean? It means the anointed one. Anointed by what? Anointed by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that in the Old Testament, the people that were anointed were prophets? and priests, and kings. So when Jesus came to us as the son of Mary, he was a priest through the priestly line, he was a king through the kingly line, and he was also a prophet, because God appointed. You say, well, prophets are not born. They're not. That's exactly right. That's why at his baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. And at that time, He was, from that moment on, he was our prophet, he was our priest, he was our king. And that happened because Mary was his mother. That happened because Mary was his mother. Very, very interesting. She was of the right lineage. Number five, she was engaged to the right man. (laughs) Joseph. Now again, this gets very, very interesting. Because if you study Joseph, you find out that he, too, is of the line of David. In fact, what's very interesting is that in Matthew, Matthew traces the royal line of David. He takes it right down. And if you start looking in Matthew and you start reading the name, oh, you say, oh, I know that guy. He was a king. Hezekiah, Manasseh, all these different kings. Solomon, David, uh, you know, all these were the kings of Israel. And then you come down to a guy named Jehoiachin, And that was the last king we know about from the Old Testament because that was when the Babylonian captivity took place and all the people were taken off to Israel. And we don't know the names of kings after that. But guess what? (laughs) Matthew goes on and he starts listing the names of these people who would have been king had there been a king in Israel. And he comes on down the line, down the line, down the line, down the line. And who would have been king? This would have been king. This would have been king. This would have been king. And Jacob would have been king. And Jacob was the father of Joseph. And Joseph would have been the king who was supposed to be the father of Jesus. But Joseph wasn't the father of Jesus. And you see, oh, what happened there? Something happened. You know what? Joseph died. Joseph died. And as Joseph died, the right of kingship would go to who? Would go to his eldest legal son. Jesus was not the birth son of Joseph, but he was the legal son of Joseph. And so Jesus had the right to be called the king of Israel. He had the right. Not just that it was a nice thing to say. He had the right to be called the king of Israel. Do you remember the wise men that came from the east? What question did they ask of Herod? Where is he who is born? King of the Jews. This was not just a fictitious name that they picked up. No, 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 no. This one had the legal right to be the king of the Jews. Do you remember when Jesus appeared before Pilate and the Jews were accusing him and saying that this Jesus was somebody that, you know, claimed to be uh, holding a line of Caesar? And what did they tell him? They told him, they said, This man claims to be in the light of Caesar. And Jesus said to, or Pilate said to Jesus, Are you then a king? And Jesus said to him, You have said it. Wow. Wow. So when they put that sign above Jesus and they said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, he really was the rightful king of the Jews. And that gives us whole new understanding of what the scripture says when it says, he came to his own and his own received him not. He was their king, their legitimate king. So very, very important that we understand this, who Jesus really was, that he was a legitimate king. Now, this really gets you. Mary was engaged to the legitimate king of Israel. There was no other young woman who was a virgin of the line of David who was engaged to the legitimate king of Israel. Joseph would have been the legitimate, legitimate king of Israel, and he was the one to whom Mary was engaged. Can you see how God chose this one woman, the only possible person that God could have chosen to be the mother of our Lord? It's absolutely incredible, absolutely amazing as you look into this and you study this scripture and see what this is. She was indeed the chosen of God. So, so amazing. Point number six. She would bear sorrow with dignity. And I don't know if we think often of this, but remember when they took the Christ child to the temple to have him circumcised, there were two people that he met, two elderly people. One was Anna, one was Simeon. Remember Simeon took the little babe in his arms and blessed him and so on, but then he spoke to, to, to the mother. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, this is Simeon talking to the mother now, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many people in Israel for he, for, and for a sign which shall, which shall be spoken against him. And then he said this, Yea, a sword shall pierce through your soul and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Mary, you're going to have a lot of grief in your life. And she did. Mary had a lot of grief in her life. A lot of sadness a lot of hard things happened to this lady now first of all because she was a virgin she could easily have lost her husband I mean there's a good chance that Joseph isn't going to marry her and in fact the story tells us that when Joseph found out she was pregnant he didn't want to marry her but the angel came to him and said yes you do you're supposed to do it and so he did but there was this shadow hanging over this birth of this child and believe me friends the people knew it The Pharisees of the time and the people around Mary, they knew it and they kept that in their pocket. That this woman was pregnant when she came from Nazareth down to Bethlehem and Joseph was not the father. They knew it. They hung it up in their basket and they had it in their minds and these old people sitting around would talk about this, the scandal of this young woman and Joseph married this pregnant girl. You see, how do you know that? Well, you know it because if you read carefully, if you look into the, into the book of, of, of John, Jesus was conversing with the Pharisees, and they, they got into some real clashes. Jesus had real clashes with the Pharisees, and they started talking about whose was whose father, and the, and the Jews were saying, Abraham's our father. God's our father, and Jesus said to them, well, if God was your father, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do the things that you do. And Jesus became angry with them, and he spoke out against them. And he told them, he said, you're of, the fa- you're of your father the devil. That's who you're from. That's where you- And you're doing his work. He was a murderer from the beginning, and that's why you want to kill me. You know what they said to him? They said, we are not the sons of fornication. Do you get it? you get it? Your mother was out there sleeping around. That's where you came from. And they went on and they said, we are, You are a son of a Samaritan, and you have a devil in you. You get it? Do you, do you understand the scandal that was running around back there in the background? And Mary had to bear all this. She had to hold her head high in the midst of all of this. More than that, she had the sorrow of seeing her husband pass away. I know that Christmas is not easy for some of you sitting out there this morning because you've had a loved one that's passed away recently. Listen, Mary knew all about that. She had a whole brew of kids, maybe seven or eight of them. Jesus being the oldest, going down his brothers, James, Jude, others, Joes, others, sisters. She had a whole house and Joseph died. That's not recorded for us in our scripture. We don't think about that. But Mary had to go through that. You do not find Joseph in the story after Jesus was anointed as, 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 as a savior. So here she had to go up there. And then imagine Mary had to watch her son die on a cross. I, I, I can't imagine that. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, what about my son? I have a son named Judson. Oh my, the pain in me and, and his mother. If we saw our own son dying on a cross, nails, crown of thorns on his head, blood dripping whipped, crucified, sneered at, scoffed, people yelling, crucify him, kill him. Wow. And she had to be the kind of person that would take all that. And God knew that before he chose her. God knows what we're going to face in our lives. He knows the kind of people that can bear up under that kind of pressure. And God knew that Mary was that kind of person, that she could take that kind of tremendous pressure so she would bear up with sorrow with dignity and point number seven this was a woman who was a candidate for the holy spirit coming upon her remember her words to the angel how can this be the answer holy spirit i'm a virgin this can't happen holy spirit holy spirit You see, that's why the Holy Spirit is given to people. The Holy Spirit is given to people because we can't do the things that we're supposed to do. We're not able to. That's why when Jesus sent us into all the world, he said, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, spread at the end of the earth. You can't do that by yourself. There's no way that my wife and I could have done the things that we've done. We, Pastor talked about thousands of people coming to the Lord. Listen. I have no power to do that. Joanne has no power to do that. We don't have the strength in ourselves. The Holy Spirit, that word power is a very interesting word, dunamis. And if you study that word down carefully, it means the Holy Spirit will make you bold, boldness that you don't have. Wow, and I've stood before people, with my boots trembling, shaking. (laughs) I remember sometimes, (laughs) I I, I won't go into it, but it's scared to death. But, but the Holy Spirit giving you the words to say. And the other meaning is not to only to embolden, but to enable. And that's why, that's why Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to do things that we could not do in and of ourselves. And that's why the Holy Spirit would come upon Mary, and the Holy Spirit would overshadow her to allow something totally impossible to happen within her, she said this cannot be. And then Elizabeth then the, then the Holy Spirit then the angel told her he says remember your sister your cousin Elizabeth nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God because the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And so she was a candidate. She was that kind of person. Are, are you? Am I? Am I the kind of person that the Holy Spirit can come upon if he wanted to? Have I, am I made, have I made myself available to him? Am I said, Lord, here am I. I'm your servant. Do with me as you want. Because that's whom the Holy Spirit is given to. He's given to my servants. That's what it says in Joel. That's what Peter preached on the days. Your sons will prophesy, your daughters will treat me, and the Holy Spirit will be upon, upon my servants. Are you a servant of the Lord? That's who the Holy Spirit comes upon, and she was exactly that. I want to get to this last point. She was a candidate for the Holy Spirit, and finally, she suffered herself as the handmaiden of the Lord. Now, that's what got me onto this message. I looked that word up. So what does this word handmaiden mean anyway? So I looked it up. I, I, I studied a little bit of Greek and you know my studies and so on, but I was surprised when I got there. <laughs> And I looked at this word and the word actually in Greek is dole, D-O-U-L-E, but I knew knew enough Greek to know that was a feminine form of a word called dolos, D-O-L-O-S, and I know that that word is translated in some Bibles as, you know, the handmaiden, in some Bibles it's translated as servant, but the true meaning of that word should be, I am the love slave of the Lord. Now, let me tell you about the love slave. Back in Exodus, we read the story about if you take a slave, if you're a Jewish person and you take a slave, you had to release that slave in the seventh year. They could serve you for six years, but in the seventh year, you had to release them. You could not keep them beyond that. However, there was a ruling. Let me read it to you. Very interesting. Let me actually read the text to you. It's in Exodus chapter 21. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve you for six years. But on the seventh year, he shall go out as a free man without any payment. If he comes alone, da 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 But, verse 5, if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God at the temple, and they will bring him to the door of the doorpost. And the master shall pierce his ear with an awl. Uh, Get your ear ear pierced, okay? And he shall serve his master permanently. Why? Because he's a a love slave. He's a slave that says, (laughs) Master, I don't have to serve you, but I want to. You're good to me. I don't wanna go anywhere else. I love you, I love your family. Let me serve you. I will be your love slave. And that's what Mary said to the angel. I will be God's love slave. It's so beautiful. You see, God doesn't force himself on anybody. God wanted this woman to be the mother of his son, And it's almost as if the angel is asking your permission. Mary, are you willing to do this? I have something very, very special I want you to do. Are you willing to do this? Lord, behold, your love slave. I'll do it, Lord. I don't know what I'm getting in for. (laughs) I don't know what all this might mean, but may it be unto you, unto me, according to your word. I'll do it because I love you. Friends, that's the kind of person that God chooses. God chooses people who say to the Lord, Lord, (laughs) I don't have to do what you're asking me to do. I say, okay, I'll find somebody else. Say, no, Lord. I want to be your love slave. Okay. Then you get to be the one who is the child bearer. You bear my son Jesus to the world and to the nations. Wow, 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 wow. That's Mary. (laughs) That's why She was chosen to be the mother of our Lord. Lord, I pray today that we might have the same attitude, same characteristics as this amazing lady. Lord, we honor her. She honors you. We honor her today. She said, all generations will call me blessed. We do. Not that she saves us from our sin, not that she prays for us, but because she was the kind of person that God wants to use. And Lord, I believe you want to use every single one of us today. May we be the kind of people that are ready for God to use us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. To learn more about
0: Nielsville, visit us online at nielsville.org.